The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. New to the programme, we'll be introducing an expert disinformation slot. We're going to discuss and investigate topics that divide and confuse us from traditional social media uh, and beyond. And the man who's going to do this is a scientist and author of The Irrational Ape, Why We Fall for Disinformation, Conspiracy Theories and Propaganda. David Robert Grimes. David, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Okay, so where are we going to go with this series over the coming weeks? I think we're going to have to delve into just quite how much misinformation, which we're going to use as an umbrella term here, has divided us as a society. It's These are really common terms. We, we Suddenly common terms like misinformation, disinformation have come into our common parlance. But we don't necessarily really appreciate how much of an effect that's having on us as a society. Now, before we do that, will you define misinformation as distinct from disinformation as distinct from malinformation? Absolutely. So there's a few conflicting definitions. We're going to use the Council of Europe definitions. Misinformation is that which you inadvertently share or or is not set out to to mislead deliberately. For example, if someone tells you uh, kids who eat sugar get hyperactive, they're probably not trying to mislead you. That's not true, but they're probably not trying to mislead you. Yeah. It's just a factoid that's come into our common knowledge and it's, it's wrong. Disinformation is a far more sinister version of it. This is a deliberate attempt to manipulate people and to spread false information. And that's what we often talk about when we're talking about misinformation. We're talking about people deliberately sending out propaganda these, these or falsehoods. These people lying about vaccinations and things like that. Absolutely. And doing it quite deliberately. And in politics as well. It's become, on social media in particular, it's become the main currency of conversation. The weird cousin of it is malinformation, which people mightn't have heard of as much. And this is when you take an ostensibly true bit of information out of context to mislead. For example, if I told you about a chemical that kills hundreds of thousands of people a year and it's in our food stuff and it's so corrosive it can destroy metals, it can erode lands, and I said, should we ban that? You might say, well, we should, but that chemical is water. Everything I've told you about water is true. So it's presenting things out of context to give a misleading impression. And that's the, the, the yeah. lesser known evil cousin. Yeah. So the, the malinformation, for example, could be using half a quotation from a politician. Absolutely. And that's quote mining, which is a deliberate technique to do that, to, to misrepresent. And that we see that every week in politics. And particularly when things get picked up on social mm-hmm. media, you often have to stop for a second and go... Is that the full context in which that was delivered? Or is this being deliberately taken out of context to present the misleading picture? Now, we come to AI and the capability of AI is pretty awesome, but it also has given rise to um, deep fake technology, which can be just gobsmacking. And everyone um, listening is probably familiar with the recent uh, Taylor Swift events where people had uh, made pornographic images of her with deep fake technology. Now, that is an, an emerging threat. But the problems with human interpretation of of false information go way back. I mean, it's not just a technological problem. That's Mm. going to make it worse. But the fundamental mistakes we make have been with us since time immemorial. The problem is now, with with particularly the internet and how we share things, they can propagate a lot faster. And that's a problem. And that's the problem. I mean, you can go back to that shot of Lenin with Trotsky in the foreground, and then um, they rubbed out Trotsky. Stalin had a history of rubbing out anyone from photographs, (laughs) so he did the original photoshopping in the 1930s. This has a long, long kind Mm. of precedence that it comes from. Uh, It's interesting how pervasive it is. For example, Donald Trump accused the Lincoln Project of using uh, deepfakes in their advertising. So they said, oh, you want deepfake? So they produced an ad about showing Donald Trump's late father, who's 30 years dead, 
talking to Donald. I don't know where you've seen it. I haven't seen that yet, but that, yeah. that, so that, 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 and that makes they're a point. kind of giving two <laughs> fingers uh, to Donald Trump for accusing them of using a deep fakery. So then they used a deep fake of the father talking as if he were alive, even though he's dead 30 years ago. But that's kind of being obvious about it. He was probably asking for his money back for those investments <laughs> he gave him. But it, it actually, Trump is an interesting character because he's the pinnacle in some ways of, of, of misinformation culture. In the 2016 election in America, he ran with this horrible term that we started to adopt, fake news. And I prefer viral propaganda because I, I think it gives a better context because viral disinformation infects us and makes us infect other people. So Trump used it as a way to dismiss any allegation against it. So it's really important we delve into things in this segment and work out, separate the fact from fiction rather yeah. than be cynical and just... And you, you will be telling us over the coming weeks about uh, how various conspiracy theories have taken root and, uh, you know, what the effect of anti-vax campaigns uh, are uh, and so on and so forth. Because we really have to educate ourselves how to maybe spot these if we're lucky. We Absolutely. And there's certain techniques we can use and we're going to see them in the coming weeks we can sometimes stop and not react. So it's a very human thing to emote first and reason later. And this is what disinformation thrives on. The most single greatest factor that predicts whether something spreads and goes viral online is whether it induces a sense of outrage, disgust, negative emotions. They are highly associated with things being shared. So sometimes when we come across information that makes us really angry, it's really a good idea to stop for a second and go, is this shared in such a way as to make me angry before we infect other people with it or infect ourselves? The other thing we'd like to learn about in the coming weeks is about these echo chamber algorithms uh, because I don't know whether you've seen about this case being taken by, it's a class action in the United States against the owners of Tinder and they own a number of these dating apps where they are accusing them of creating addictive behaviour oh. in, in the customers, basically. Absolutely. And if we, we even take that to politics, we can see that the median voters in the US who used to vote Republican and Democratic, um, they were never that, there wasn't that great a separation between them for years. In the last 10 years, those two overlapping kind of, uh, kind of bell curves, if you will, have separated out massively. And a huge amount of that has been driven by the fact that we have become curators of our own media. People listening to this show, this is a traditional media show where fact-checking is important and things are delivered very clearly delineated as opinion or as factual analysis. That's out the window now. Anyone can cherry-pick whatever source they yeah. like and prop up their own narrative. And they'll get more of the same. And that's and they the way will. it works. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, this series, uh, which will be happening over the coming weeks. And uh, Dr. David Robert Grimes, scientist and author of The Irrational Ape, Why We Fall for Disinformation, Conspiracy Theories and Propaganda. David, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.